0: All right, welcome back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I am Ernesto Sanchez. I'm here with Marty Griffin and John Downing, and we're here to give you a quick roundup of This Week in Sports. Gentlemen, how are we doing today?
1: First day of fall, right?
0: Feels like it, that's for sure.
1: I don't feel like it's the first day of fall officially, but anyway, happy Crispy Titties Day.
0: <laughs> Johnny, how you doing? This,
1: it was brisk this morning. Yeah, I'm doing good. There Rough week, but yeah, I'm good. Oh, I forgot. I won't press.
0: Tough week for all of us out there. That's why we're here. Keep grinding, you know, and keep working in the, uh, in the sports minds and see what we can dig up.
1: Isn't that the name, Johnny? Is it the Green Mountain Grinder? Yes. <laughs> gotta, yeah. Got to yeah, grind really. it out. See? Keep, keep grinding day, day by day, week by week. I want to call you Bouncy House. You're going to
2: bounce back. It's going to be good yeah let's yeah let's hope so let's hope so
0: right. before we get into uh anything i want to apologize for uh not getting the rest of the last episode out until very late life 2020 continues to uh just be a real bitch so getting it out as soon as we can uh but yeah episode 54 gentlemen
1: We're going to go with a uh, defensive tackle linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's go way back when. This guy was born 1953 from Nesto, It's going to tie you in, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Went on to win uh, and have a very great career at a university in a state that when you think of tough-nosed, like late-70s linebackers, you think of what state, Johnny?
2: I think uh, uh, the first state that comes to mind is Pennsylvania
1: close but uh, this guy is coming from Ohio the deadly, the deadly state of Delaware
0: Wow oh.
1: played, for, play, played for the uh, played high school football in Delaware went on to play for college football at University of Maryland so made it, made his way around the uh, East Coast to go on to play for the Cowboys from 75 to 1988 that's Randy. White folks, one of the best linebackers to ever wear the jersey, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, nine-time Pro Bowl player from '77 to '85, nine-time first-team All-Pro, NFL 100th anniversary All-Time Team, '80s All-Decade Team, Ring of Honor, obviously, uh, just a stud of a linebacker, Randall White, folks. Actually, just Randy. Those go by Randy.
0: Randy White. <laughs> okay, I'll go next. Um,
1: I
2: feel like I just got
0: shit on. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's good. Oh,
1: that's not Unlo- a typical response by a Steeler fan. It's okay. But he was born <laughs> in Pittsburgh. I thought you'd have a little love for him.
0: I got some love for him. I got... Do you happen to know what neighborhood?
1: What neighborhood? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'll investigate while you talk about your 54.
0: Alright, my 54 is Mr. Brian Erlacher. Former linebacker who spent his entire 13-year career playing for the Chicago Bears. Uh, He was an eight-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 2005, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2000, top 100 Bears of all time, All-American, Uh, Finished his career with 1,354 tackles, 41.5 quarterback sacks, 22 interceptions, two touchdowns, and 90 pass deflections. Uh, Never got the ultimate prize uh, like so many of those underachieving Bears teams throughout history, at least the last 30 years, but... Always kick some real ass with him in NFL Blitz on N64. We'll just leave it <laughs> at that. <laughs> All right, that's my number 54. Johnny? Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame. Uh,
2: my Go. number 54 is Teddy Bruschi. So, Teddy Bruschi, for me, became known when it was, uh, I believe it was the 96 Fiesta Bowl when my Miami Hurricanes got upset by the Arizona Wildcats. And I, it was a big upset because Miami Hurricanes were so good during that time. And there was this guy running all over the field making all these plays, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? And it was Teddy Bruschi. He was just ridiculous. He was a defensive lineman back then, and he was just making sack after sack after sack. Well, and the, sure enough, the next year, the New England Patriots end up drafting him in 1996. And he goes on to have a long career um, with the Patriots, retiring in 2008. So he was the third-round pick, number 86 overall in 1996. He ended up winning three Super Bowls with the Patriots, went to the Pro Bowl only one time in 2004. He was 2 times second-team All-Pro in 2003 and 2004, uh, comeback athlete of the year in 2005 after he came back from having a stroke in the middle of the season. Uh, he's a member of the Patriots Hall of Fame, uh, and of course in college he was a three-time three first-team All-Pac-10 and two-time All-American in 94-95, and he was the Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year. Um, in the NFL, he had 189 games played, 1,110 tackles, 30.5 sacks, 12 interceptions, a uh, number of <clears throat> memorable moments with the New England Patriots over the years. Um, always came up with that clutch play when the defense had to have it. Um, you know, I think one of his images is uh, the, one of the final games of a season against Miami. It was in the snowball. He intercepted a pass, and it was snowing outside. And then he was throwing the snow snowballs into the crowd. So. Yeah, just a great all-around player. Again, the linebackers, it's tough because the numbers don't do the players' uh, true justice. Um, but if you watched him, you know how impactful he was on the field. So that's my number 54, Teddy Brewski.
0: Excellent. Okay, boys, but before we get into the meat of the program today, our football talk, anything that we got to know uh, going on elsewhere in sports, we, we got the stars and the lightning all tied up, one apiece.
2: We got Jokic. <laughs> I'm sorry, who we got a bad case of Jokic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's hitting a little close to home for me these days.
2: Oh, I'm man. sure. Uh, <laughs> Jokic was, um. He was uh he was beaten out the other night by Anthony Davis at the buzzer. That was a real buzz kill because Jokic oh. had the last eleven points in that game to bring the yeah. Nuggets back and they were gonna tie the series one to one. And it was so exciting. It was like, oh, all right, maybe we're going to make this a series. Lakers, Nuggets, maybe it's going to go seven games. Maybe the Nuggets have a chance to beat them. Maybe it's not they the LeBron used. Invitational, but fucking Mason Plumley, fucking Plumley of all people, fucking Plumley. Are you kidding me, Plumley? He didn't cover his man, and Anthony Davis was open for three. Jokic was covering the inbounds pass. He tried to recover and get his hand in Anthony Davis' face. But he couldn't get there in time. But it was Plumlee who didn't go around LeBron James, and it it, it was his responsibility uh, to get Anthony Davis to the three-point line. He didn't, and so with 1.7 seconds left, Anthony Davis buries the three, buries the Nuggets, and they're now down two games to none, and game three is tonight, and it's not looking good for the Rich and Creamies. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And the uh, LeBron tour continues,
2: as Johnny was saying. LeBron invitational. There you go.
0: While you're, trying, while, trying. While you're uh, on a rant, John, let's get a couple words about Tony Brothers.
2: Uh, have you seen the referee assignments for tomorrow night, Marty? I have. It's not looking good in our favor. It is this, not this, looking good.
1: This is going six or seven for sure. Seven Wait, on no, our but
2: How? How? Because if Tony Brothers and Scott Foster are the referees for tomorrow night's game, you know that, that when, when the league calls in Tony Brothers and Scott Foster, you know the fix is in. And usually it goes against the Celtics. So the Celtics are 3-14 in the last 17 playoff games with, with uh, Tony Brothers. He, just, he does not like the Celtics. So if they're going to lose tomorrow night and be down three games to one, how is it going to be a long series? Because I think that losing them tomorrow night,
1: I just have faith in the Celtics. I know I'm, I'm changing my – I'm spinning from what I said last week, but Hayward back in that lineup looks great. I think the little league feels, in your conspiracy theory, that they can take control of this series, so they're going to guarantee at least another victory
2: for the Heat. Basically. So do you think that Tony Brothers and Scott Foster are going to help the Celtics tomorrow? Do you think they're going to no. be going – no, you don't. You think no. they're going to go against them? Shit, man. No. Yeah, I don't like it.
1: <laughs> I think they're just going to bury him down a little bit deeper because I think they found – I really think the Celtics found something with Hayward because they're back to that like great defense, moving the ball and pressing.
2: And attacking the paint. Attacking yeah. the paint. Hello, exactly. attack exactly.
1: the paint. Exactly. But kick in, even Cantor can control the center line a little bit more than Tice can right now too. I think that's been a good, a good move on Brad Stevens' part. So I think everybody's finding their flow a little bit. Kim kind of fading in the abyss a little bit more. He was good. He was clutch in certain moments last game. Uh, but I think this series really – I, I, I'm going to stick with it, Johnny. I think this series really lies on Jalen Brown and his performance. And if he can score over 20 points throughout this series, Celtics win the series.
2: Yeah, so there's a stat out there that – so – in when Jalen Brown scores more than twenty-five points in a game, the Celtics are now sixteen and one. But you know it's hard because obviously you don't want Jalen Brown taking thirty over thirty shots in a game just to get his points. You want him to be aggressive and not just shooting threes all day. No, if he can remain aggressive, then that's what we want. If, he, if he's just going to stand on a, the corner three-point line all day, that's not exactly what we want.
1: No, I exactly agree, but what I'm saying with Hayward in and, and the flow of the game, they, they penetrate more, kick back out on the wing where he lived. He either created off the dribble or he's hitting that corner three or yeah. penetrating himself and finding another player. The, the ball movement was great last game, and that's what you know of Celtics going into pre-COVID and going into the bubble and how they're playing up to that point and what they showed flashes of uh, in the bubble itself, but They just find a way, especially in the third quarter, you'll agree, they'll get away from playing that game and get stagnant and let every team back in in the third quarter. That's been their biggest devastation, I think, under Brad Stevens' young coaching career, even though he's been there for for a while, is holding through out of a a half and, and playing strong in the third. They always let their opponent back in the game, always.
2: They don't listen to the coach. Simple as that. Yeah. They're not listening to Coach Stevens. So the last thing they hear before they come out of that locker room is instructions from Coach Stevens. And what does it lead to? It leads to a bad third period. So I agree. Whatever he's saying, it doesn't register with them. Right.
0: And what's your take on uh, all of the locker room drama with uh, Smart and Brown?
2: I don't think it's cured. I I'm honestly watching that game the other night. Well, the the play on the floor looked good. Watching the body language and you know player to player interactions, I thought it was you know kind of more formal. Like yeah, you know when a player made a good play, it was you know high five. But it wasn't. It it wasn't as tight. It, you know it it didn't seem. Like this, you know, big bonding moment to me. It didn't seem like a big thing of show of togetherness to me. Uh, it just the basketball was good. They played well. The the ball moved. They made good plays. But I, I mean, I, I still didn't see like the the true the love for one another and the you know, I I think there's something rotten at the core there, and we'll see.
1: So I think if you go back to game one, you'll see something very interesting when Tatum took it to the rack at the very end of the game to get stuffed, Marcus Smart was wide open in the corner right there. And I think he felt jaded right there, how he's been scoring lately. I think there was something that he thought maybe Tatum at that point should have kicked out. And they got away from Smart in that game as well when he was lighting it up early. So I think this is the emergent of where Smart thinks he should be that premier player, even a go-to guy. And now they're doubting Tatum is to be the guy who can finish because he gets stuck in certain positions, holds the ball too long, almost forces a turnover off the dribble half the time in the fourth quarter, and somehow half the time recovers, but also half the time just take a poor shot. So I just don't know who they identify with being that killer at the end of the game. But what I saw in game one was Jalen Brown hit those clutch shots to even put him back in the game. And what happened is they got away from him as well. So I just – I think they're just – they don't understand their role. I think everybody's fighting for something and there is that dissection in the team, Johnny. I think there's something seriously wrong in the, wrong in that locker room right now.
2: Yeah, clearly. Cause this isn't the first episode over the years that we've seen, you know, we we've seen that some, some infighting, some after game stuff. And I think we, especially the last two years blamed it on Kyrie, you know, being a Kyrie problem. But I think we're starting to show now that, there's some division there, and I I think that whether it's Smart versus Jalen and Tatum, or you know what 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 the combination is, or who's on what side, right. uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure. But but there's definitely some some sort of uh, friction in the locker room, and I and I, like I just don't think that you know one one meeting, one game, one day is going to fix it. Uh, i think that there's something there's something there um and there, yeah. that's why there's something that it led to that and and there's also something about the team that when they have a big lead the we talked about it last week the way that they get casual when they have a big lead they don't yeah. keep playing and then you know they relax and try to just run the clock down and settle for poor shots and they let the other team come back instead of sticking with what works and that's another huge problem like if so they've had the lead for over 75% of the actual game time in this series. And a lot of that time has been double digit leads in the series. Yeah. And absolutely. it's just sickening to if if they lose this series to the Heat, it's just sickening to think that and to know that the Celtics are the better team clearly. They've shown it on the court and they just by by their own stupid fault, you know, let it slip away at the end of these games. In their inability to close and properly, and to can, continue fighting in the fourth quarter, is is costing them. And so, you know, I'm I'm curious to see what happens to you at the, tomorrow night. You know, the Heat present enough problems. I don't need the referees presenting more problems. So I, I'm a little weary. Um, I, I I still. I still don't see the Celtics. I, I I think the Celtics are gonna lose. I do. Well, you're gonna think serious. Does it say something
1: last question about this? We can move on, Johnny, but like does it say something also about the Heat because they, they rolled through the box. they're gonna roll through the Celtics who you know before pre-bubble were the two promising teams because they were streaking at that point. Yeah, Raptors were right there, but they had their questions even earlier on in the season. But what does this say about the Heat? in this team and what Spolster is doing with these role players and how he's playing it out. It reminds me a lot, in, in a lot of ways, of Greg Popovich in a way of like just really knowing how to use his players. And, and it, it's been a hell of a series so far. And I think so all
2: far. they do is shoot three pointers, Marty. Come on.
1: <laughs> all no, they I do is shoot
2: threes, three. Yeah. Uh,
1: the yeah, the pick and, and roll, roll when the Celtics
2: get dumb. Yeah, so it's the what? in the third quarter, it's the Bam Adebayo dunk show, and the rest of the game, it's these uh, white boys from Williams College shooting three pointers left and right, just fucking. It's it's a three point contest, and then the Bam Adebayo dunk show for the third quarter. And, you know,
1: that's, it, that's been that's been the NBA for the past god amount of years. That's that's that you just described the Golden State Warriors, the Houston Rockets. You know. Yeah, flippers and flippers in some way as well. You know, not necessarily necessarily the the Lakers, but it's been that way.
2: No, you're right. You're right. hundred percent. I just I don't like getting beat by guys that look like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow. (laughs)
1: That's what it's coming down to. I'm just trying to dig a little bit deeper.
2: You know, it doesn't feel good. Like, come on. Come on. We got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, and we're losing to a guy that looks like he should be an accountant. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow looks like he should be either like a, a DJ or like some kind of like a model for a, a Hollister or car stereo salesman or something like that. Some car detailer. Yeah. Jesus.
1: Right. Some prick in a lowered Subaru WRX wearing a lot of Axe body spray.
2: Oh, oh yeah. He, he is loaded with Axe. You know he is.
1: <laughs> this segment brought to you by Axe body spray. Comes from the douche. Spray it on.
2: He comes from the hood in Wisconsin, whatever that means.
1: My God. Uh, That's still that government cheese, Johnny. They'll get that Wisconsin fresh cheddar.
2: Yeah.
0: Speaking of stinky cheese, should we get into uh, last week in the NFL?
1: Oh, let's talk about my picks versus Johnny's.
0: It sounds like you want to do a little bit
2: of gloating.
1: (laughs) No, because his job is a lot harder. (laughs) my,
2: My max play one. No, dude. The the
1: Raiders pick was huge.
2: The Rams no Rams. The Rams. No,
1: but no, but I'm just saying your Raiders pick was
2: huge as well. Oh. Yeah, no, the Rams was my, my my true hammer though.
0: Well before before we get into all of that, let's start with the beginning of the week, the Battle of Ohio.
2: Oof. No, that was a fun game. That was more than that was better than we usually get on Thursday night between the Browns and the Bengals. Usually, That's the Browns true. and the Bengals is some sort of like sixteen to thirteen shit show where something stupid happens, they get in a fight, or you know, and it just it's a it's a battle of incompetence. This game was at least exciting. You know, at least the the Browns showed some offensive life. The Bengals look like they have a quarterback in Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, there was something there. I thought.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Joe Burrow, despite recording a loss, actually won the day here. Um, throwing 61 times with zero interceptions is you know, pretty, pretty impressive, even if it is just against the, the Browns. Um, they got to be happy with what they see there. Obviously, it's an incomplete uh, product that they have in front of them right now, but lots of potential.
1: The thing with me is there was 13 targets to, to green with only three receptions right there. He looks like so, shit. Yeah. So there's something off right, right there. So either they got to figure out somehow to get away from green unless he figures it out or find something in the form of that, of that passing game in my mind. I mean, Mixon is, is great. He's got a great, he's a great dual threat out of the backfield and as, as a, uh, a runner, I mean, excuse me, as a receiver as well, but they they still have some things to figure out from that offensive side. I think that really lies in Green's hands, or lack thereof, pardon the pun.
0: And this game was must-win for the Browns. Uh, they don't pull this out. They're riding Baker Mayfield's obituary. Really impressed with what they got in the backfield on offense between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot of answers for that.
1: No, their answer needs to be defensively because they do have a lot of weapons, and they figure that out offensively. This could be a pretty competitive team. It's not to say that they're going to go on and do great things. They may sneak into the playoffs, in my mind, possibly late, late Hail Mary because they have such a tough division. But I think this team can – you're just not going to stroll in to Cleveland and think you're going to walk away with a win. This is a team that can light you up, so you better be ready to play.
0: All right. uh, Getting into the 1 o'clock games. We'll start uh, with my Steelers here. Broncos – at the Steelers, as bad as the the game sound was, I didn't have to suffer through a fake renegade, so uh, I'm happy for that.
2: <laughs> so thoughts are, I saw you know very little of this game, but obviously tracked it, and to me it looks like Deontay Johnson has become a clear go-to for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. It, ben looks for him early and often, first downs, third down plays, gotta have it. He had 13 targets in this game after double-digit targets in the first game against Denver, and Deontay Johnson's playing with a toe injury. And then the other thing is the uh, resurgence of James Conner in this game. Um, So you said Snell had a fumble early. So we don't know if the Monday night game against the Broncos the week before, if Conner was hurt, it said that he was hurt but he may have been benched it was a big question mark nobody really knows
0: that was what i was saying when we were texting back and forth with that i i was under the impression he was getting benched
2: yeah i mean i've heard both things so i don't really know what is true but all i know is in this game he had a great game so you know if good thing he was on your bench right exactly if you're a fantasy owner nothing can be more frustrating than when you start a guy like james Conner and then he sits and doesn't do anything for you when he's in your starting lineup. And then the next week, you're like, oh, okay, I've got this figured out. James Conner is not going to play this year, or this week at least. And then he goes off for over 100-plus yards and has a big game. It's like all you all you want as a fantasy person is a little consistency. That, that's all you want. But, of course, you know, you can't have it. <laughs> yeah, it he's doesn't David, work that way. He's a David Johnson in the making. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Uh, uh something that I loved to see in this game was uh Chase Claypool had a big breakout play, 84-yard touchdown uh run. Th- this is one of the things that this offense has really been missing the last couple of years is that over the top threat can can break the top off the game, open things up in the middle for Juju. I think a lot of the success Deontay Johnson is seeing early is afforded to him by the fact that Juju's taking a lot of that heat. That's why Ben's going to him early. But uh, this Claypool kid, man, he's making a lot of plays on special teams. I I believe he had three tackles on special teams in this game. He's right up in there on every play. You could just see the young energy and uh, I'm excited to to see what else is going to come from this kid on the defensive side of the ball a massive seven sack day for the Steelers defense. Uh, and granted they lost drew lock early and Driscoll did an admirable job in his stead, 18 for 34, 256 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, but man, they were punishing him.
2: So yeah. And uh Cortland Sutton receiver for the Broncos also tore his ACL in this game. So he's out for the year. Uh, so drew locks going to be out a couple weeks. So it'll be Jeff Driscoll. The Broncos are in trouble
1: you're going to see a lot of these injuries and we're going to get into other teams and, and losses this week, but it's been talked about. And it's been a high discussion that with the lack of preseason, the normal preparation, people probably thinking football wasn't going to happen, got a little bit out of weight, trying to get back into condition quick and getting into real time football. You're going to see a lot of injuries this year. You're just hoping as a fantasy player and also for their, their career and safety as well, but you, that a lot of these big time players and the luster of the game doesn't get lost this year because if, if a lot of big-time stars goes down and it sways what you thought was going to happen in the year as far as your team winning or, or moving ahead, I think this is going to play a big factor. I think the injury is going to be huge
2: this year.
0: Absolutely. There's a lot of talk in, in the uh, in the Pittsburgh sports circles about uh, expressing some uh, disappointment in how the offense has been run? They're not taking that many shots down the field. They're being limited and measured in their approach. A lot of a lot mm-hmm. of screen passing that isn't really adding up to a lot of production. And I heard a take from Christopher Carter, uh, who's a who's a local Pittsburgh guy, that he believes what they're doing is they is they are they are purposefully relying on the defense to win them games and sort of approaching the game as if you did have a Mason Rudolph or a Duck Hodges because because we know how to win games that way. We proved that last year. We can get it done. And really ease Ben into it. So not having him go for the home run ball all the time, checking it down, making sure he stays upright with the very battered and, and bruised O-line, and a, lot it, and it a, a lot of short
2: passes. A lot of short passes. I noticed, like just going through the game script, just a lot of you know, couple of yard pass here, couple of yard pass here. Just a lot of short passes. Just kind of like drive starters, you know, just to get get it going a little bit. But it seems like they have not, a little not bit not on the pitch it. count. Yeah, something something to watch yeah. going forward. Mm-hmm. They got
1: nine receivers uh, between mm-hmm. running backs and receivers involved in targets last week. So, I mean, it's quick passes keeps Roethlisberger healthy on that side of the ball for that team and doesn't put him in positions and won't have to scramble, put himself, like, falling awkwardly on himself and taking these big hits. I mm-hmm. think they're trying to preserve him as well.
0: Let's continue on with uh, some more of these 1 o'clock games here. We had the New York Giants at the Bears falling 13-17. to 17.
2: So this one is a big game changer. If you had Saquon Barkley, he went out yeah. with a torn ACL. It was it Eddie Eddie Jackson tackled him? Didn't mean to hurt him, but it doesn't matter. If you had Saquon Barkley picked second overall in most fantasy leagues this year, then goodbye season. So that happened to me in two of my leagues. Other than that, um, pretty boring game I'm, here. Mitch I'm Trubisky two and zero. Yeah,
0: hardly seems fair.
2: But, uh, 18, David Montgomery he had a good game.
1: 190 yards, two TDs, two interceptions, Trubisky. He's like a rice cracker, dry as fuck.
2: <laughs> so in other news, the uh, Giants signed running back Devontae Freeman to replace Saquon Barkley today. So it'll, it'll be uh, Devontae Freeman, um, once he's in game shape, ready to go, to go with Dion Lewis and Wayne Gallman.
0: You could yeah. put those together like Voltron. It still wouldn't be as good as Saquon.
2: Yeah, it's a real – yeah, it's a shame. It's a
1: shame. Yeah. Freeman's been irrelevant for how many years after Falcons? Last yep. three? Yeah. Yeah. Good luck
0: with that experiment. Speaking of the Falcons, uh, if anybody had any doubt that they weren't able to ha- hold on to a 20-point lead, uh, the Cowboys did it to them again. Falcons well, falling 39-40. to 40.
1: Man, I mean, I, as, as a Cowboy fan, I want to get excited about the outcome, but I'm more devastated about how fast and how quick they got down early. Um, there are some huge issues on the defensive side of the ball, special teams. Uh, offense is going to figure itself out, but you can't ask this team to put up that many points every week and these receivers to produce as much as they did in, in the outcome of the second half uh fucking falcons first time ever in nfl hmm. history uh, johnny you text me this like to score 39 points or more and with no turnovers to, to lose a game no other team yeah. has done it in the nfl it's 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 unbelievable how this team finds a way to lose And I, I, there's something that needs that culture needs to change for that organization Culturally
2: Dallas organization too. The Dallas or the Dallas team, they were hanging their heads and their body language was pissed for all day long almost. And then, you know, half halfway through the fourth quarter and they they start making a few plays here and there. That that one-handed catch by Amari Cooper was absolutely insane. But then so Dak goes in for his third rushing touchdown, and then they go for the onside kick, which is basically impossible in today's NFL to get the onside kick anymore. And what did they call it? The watermelon kick? The watermelon
1: kick. I mean,
2: the Falcons just gave, like, social distancing space for
1: that ball. They're, like, all (laughs) six feet away. Like, What do we do? do do? Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Did you forget the rules of football just because you started a few weeks late in this league? Like, how did you become such dumb fucks? On oh, a so, special teams play,
0: so they didn't think it the ball was gonna make it ten yards.
1: It doesn't have to for them. <laughs> yeah, they
2: but they were confused. Cities, <laughs> clearly, they were confused. Thank Coach, you, Coach really Quinn fun. said that they know the rule, but it didn't seem like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're watching that thing, and it's just like, what are they doing? Why?
1: You let that some bitch get le- you know nine feet. 13 inches away then you touch it 13 <laughs> inches in another foot sir
0: you know that would be a good way to save the onside kick though is make it so neither team could touch it for 10 yards
1: that's stupid that's all teams are trying to do yeah then it would go the other way <laughs> exactly they
0: got to do something to give you that chance to get the ball back uh, like a desperation play because oh, without the- without any run-up the onside kick is useless
1: it works. I mean, it's, it's a good desperation to save, and it's, it's great for football when it happens rarely in the kicking team's favor, but it is an exciting play. But don't change the fact that you're just a dumb fucking idiot that you didn't run up on the football well, yeah. as the receiving yeah. team and get it. But, oh, yeah. It was, I mean, what a wacky game. And I, I take nothing away from it for the fact that I don't believe in my head coach. I didn't want the McCarthy era to ever begin I feel like this team is just, and I I get it. And we talked about like releasing players and going long, hard cuts. Maybe they're preserving, but I think we have so many, I think we can press so hard offensively, but you got to trust your defense. If you turn the ball over a couple of times, they can at least hold 50% of the time. I don't trust in this defense right now whatsoever.
0: All right. Moving right along. Aaron Rodgers continues his domination of the national football league. This year,
2: you mean Aaron Jones? This was the Aaron Jones show. This game, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, Aaron Jones had three touchdowns, he had 236 total yards. Boy, was a boss. Yeah, Aaron Jones went absolutely bananas in this game.
0: (laughs) Someone's got to get him the ball.
2: He was like, Pete, did he and get him to the Greek?
1: That boy was hyped.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I got I had the wrong Aaron pegged.
1: <laughs>
0: Pack, Packers look sneaky good this year, as sneaky as they could possibly be.
1: Yeah, efficient. I mean, you know, Johnny, very just like tempered game for Aaron Rodgers, and I thought in my mind, not not really having to press too hard or get overly creative, which he loves to do. It just seemed like a well coached game all all the way through.
2: And Devontae Adams left with a hamstring injury. Uh, So he might play next week against the Saints, but I don't know. With those soft tissue injuries, it's usually best not not to push it. So I don't know. I wouldn't expect him to play on Sunday night.
0: Not to get into it because we're going to get into it later, but it seems like the little floor experiment is going well in Green Bay so far. uh, But next week is going to be a huge test for them.
1: Sideline interactions, tell me, Johnny, from what, what you see with Rodgers, I think the coach and quarterback are kind of in tune and trust each other. And I don't think there's any – Trust each other?
2: He, they drafted his replacement.
1: Come on. That wasn't – you think that was the coach? You really think that was the coach right there?
2: Yeah, I, I don't mean, think that was the coach. There was a plan, and I don't think the coach wasn't involved. <laughs> mm, he had to be involved. Exactly.
0: Well, speaking of not being involved, uh, Mr. Kirk Cousins remains the most overpaid and irrelevant person in the oh, NFL, losing 11 to 28 to the Colts. Garbage.
1: But you lose Diggs, and now Thielen is the go to, and I don't think that's his role. And I think this is another suffrage of identity early on in the season for the Vikings. Why they have these slow starts, who the hell knows? But.
2: But they're supposed to be running the football. That That's their identity. Well, La- last year, they became a running team. And then in this game, they, on- they only ran the ball 18 times the entire stupid. game. So like yeah. st- stick with what worked last year. That's what you built the team on. So can- continue. If it was successful last year, and it was. It was successful. Continue working on that. Don't try to change it and make Cousins the focal piece, especially when he's minus weapons now to throw to like keep going to Dalvin Cook and guess what? If Dalvin Cook goes down, you might have a better player than Dalvin Cook in Madison. So just keep running the fucking ball. Yeah, I, I just I do Madison's dirty. So I don't know. These teams are just so dumb to me. And then you know <clears throat> the, I mean the it, Vikings the Vikings have a lot of injuries, especially defensively. Um you know the week before week one they were torched by the Packers. Um, which is no shame getting torched by Rodgers.
1: I get I get that, but like you said, defensively, whatever, they gave up 28 points, you know, Vikings had the turnovers. You as an offense scored 11 fucking points yeah. with the weapons you have in your utility weapons. I, you, I think the best receiver that game, I'm looking right here, was Jefferson with three targets, three catches, 44 yards. That's your biggest reception leader on your team? That's just ridiculous.
2: That ain't going to cut it. <laughs> we have a sound bite now <laughs>
0: we need to get that on a button
1: ain't, ain't gonna cut it
0: <laughs> all right moving along to a big afc east uh, divisional game the bills at the dolphins uh jake allen a huge game for josh Allen.: josh allen do I do he's that boy, literally every bro. single fucking yeah. time? Every single fucking time I do that. Every time without. He is not the goalie, uh, former goalie for the St. Louis Blues. He is, in fact, Josh Allen, quarterback for the Bills.
2: MVP, con- MVP candidate, Josh Allen.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, 417 yards, four touchdowns. Looked like he had a hell of a game. Uh, granted, this wasn't against the Patriots, so. We'll see how about what running, he does how when how he's
1: running over that defensive back. He just barrels through a defensive back, stiffs on the second one, just runs through two defensive players like they're nothing. It was a hell of a play. It was, it was awesome to watch.
2: I mean, the numbers that Josh Allen is putting up granted, they've been against bad teams, but they are running and gunning up there in Buffalo. They are, they are letting him throw the ball. They are cutting it loose. And it's good to see because, you know, you're used to Buffalo being a really boring watch. So if they're going to let Josh mm-hmm. Allen cut it loose and throw deep and run all over the place, then yeah, he does have a chance at winning the MVP this year as long as Bro. he doesn't turn, turn it over. But, you know, he, he hasn't yet. So if he can keep the turnovers down and the touchdowns up and the wind's coming, he should be on that MVP path.
1: Um, you, that three-headed monster, receiving-wise, Diggs, Brown, and Beasley. That's yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, cooking. that's that's cooking. That's cooking.
0: Over three hundred yards between them.
1: Singletary, as a, as a receiving
2: back, two out of that backfield. He's gonna
1: get better and better as well.
2: And Zach Moss, between the tackles, is is like thunder. Sure. So they got the thunder and the lightning. So it, you know, and, and the Ooh, throwing cool. game. So they've got an explosive offense in Buffalo this year. I can, you know, that's you know. I see why they're excited in Buffalo.
1: A little shake and bake, but you got to figure that they're Buffalo. They're going to find a way to lose big games. I know. I know.
0: All right, next we got the San Francisco 49ers at the Jets. Little palindrome score here, 31 to 13.
2: So this was the injury game. All the uh, the, the field, I guess, was the problem at MetLife Stadium. And so it was injured player after injured player after injured player. Uh, Nick Bosa went out with a torn ACL. Solomon Thomas got hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo with a high ankle sprain. Raheem Mostert uh, went out with an injury. Tevin Coleman got hurt. There, I mean, and there was more. I mean, the San Francisco injuries in this game were insane. And Coach Shanahan was pissed about it after the game and saying, you've got to do something about this field. Because in a, in a strange scheduling quirk, the 49ers have to play at that stadium again next week against the Giants. Uh, so, you know, I mean, the damage is like already done. Uh, so too little, too late. But I'm sure the players are like, they're already bitching about having to play on that horrible field and that horrible turf. It's like uh, playing on stone, I guess they say. But back to the game. The Niners, like they don't really need many players to beat the Jets. I guess the three of us could probably beat the Jets. <laughs> true, true.
0: No, no argument here.
2: <laughs> but you got to I be guess, concerned. Garoppolo's high ankle sprain. You got to be concerned. I think they, they said it's end. not as bad. They said he, he oh, yeah. that he has a chance to play this week. And when he was in New England, they questioned his toughness a lot, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, so. And then, you know, he missed the year with the ACL in San Francisco. So I think he's going to try to gut it out this week.
0: Nothing a little Toradol can't fix.
2: right. And then how about the resurgence of tight end Jordan Reed, who we all thought was dead like three years ago, uh, former Redskins tight end, comes back with seven catches, 50 yards, and, and two TDs in replacing George Kittle in this game.
1: I love stories like this. I hope it continues for him, even though that's a team I could give two shits about.
2: And uh, then on the Jets' side, look at the numbers of the Jets. Old man Frank Gore, 21 carries, average three yards a carry. East. And then uh, Chris Hogan. So they got the the Jets have the white, old white retread wide receivers from the Patriots. They have Chris Hogan, six for 75. And then... Uh, Former Miami standout, ex-Patriot Braxton Berrios, slot slot receiver, six for 59 with a touchdown. It's and like then, buying uh,
0: a set of used white wall tires right there. It,
2: it's unbelievable. It Just look at the <laughs> roster, and it's like, what is going on there? So they were without Jamison Crowder in this game, who was out with an injury. So the next up receiver, Brashad Perriman, he goes out with an injury.
0: What is that?
2: Hmm?
0: the hell was that? I hear you
2: there.
0: Sounded, sounded like somebody like
2: playing cards. Fucking playing, playing, cle- cards? cleared
0: their desk. Yeah,
2: like, cleared the deck. <laughs> I'm out of here. Fuck this. Yeah, so I guess that's enough with the Jets.
0: Los Angeles Rams at uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz are a bad football team. They're,
2: yes, and they're they bad. They got and he's healthy, trying to do
0: too, He's trying the to do too much,
2: and it sucks. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. I, there was a reason the Rams were my max play this week, is because I mean the Eagles were minus one in this game, and it was like, why? Why? Free money. Free money. So yeah, I mean, Tyler Higby had three touchdowns, tight end for for the Rams in this game. They did a really good oh. job being creative and finding ways to get them open scheme scheming him to get to get the ball um so they did a good job with that um daryl henderson had a good game running the ball good luck guessing who the rams starting running back is going to be each week it's going to be acres malcolm brown or daryl henderson who knows good luck <laughs> on the Eagles' side they got miles sanders back who was the maybe the lone bright spot zach ertz who i'm hearing is on the trade block now so maybe a patriots target Hey, okay, use a little
0: help at tight end
2: yeah, a lot of help.
0: Speaking of your boys, the Panthers went to Tampa Bay, and Tampa Tommy shut them down, thirty-one to seventeen.
2: Yeah. So uh, once again, I, I went went through the, what it's like last week, saying that you know I was spoiled all these years watching a well-coached football team like the Patriots, a disciplined team, and how different it is now watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and being a fan, and it's just being reaffirmed to me every week just the the pre-snap penalties, the holdings, the the pass interferences, uh, the inability to put teams away. So the Buccaneers got up early in this game, 21 to nothing, and you expect them to blow them out. But then here come the penalties and the drop passes and the bad defense, and Carolina is throwing the ball all over, and they start coming back in the game. And then one of my favorite parts of the game was Tom Brady had uh, a rookie wide receiver Wide open down the left sideline. Did you guys see this? He hits him. He hits him right in the helmet, right in the eye where the eye is, the eye area is of the face mask of the helmet on the left sideline. And they pan back to Brady with the camera and he just says, Oh my fucking God. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, how do you not catch that? And then <laughs> Hit him the,
0: in the eyes with
2: it. In the eyes, going, like, all alone, walking in for a touchdown. Like, there was no one around him. And then, like, a, a quarter later, he had uh, Shady McCoy in a beautiful pass that he threw. A, a, just a, absolutely a dart into the back right corner of the end zone. And Shady McCoy lets it go right through his hands. So... I think Brady is experiencing the same thing that Patriots fans are experiencing right now that watching, playing, rooting for the Buccaneers is no picnic. It's not easy. It's not the same as rooting for the Patriots.
0: You and Tom are going through the exact same thing right now. Exact
2: same things. I mean, it's just not easy. And so, you know, they, they pulled it out 31 to 17. Leonard Fournette was kind of the closer in this game and it was a, Nice to see him run with the, the, his aggression. Uh, but it was it was close until the end. McCaffrey went out with an injury in this game, high ankle sprain. Uh, so once again, if the fantasy gods are making fantasy teams pay, <clears throat> he'll he usually be out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Um, but it looks like is going to be down a lot this year, a lot, a lot, a lot. So they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, a lot, a lot. So if you have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, just keep playing them because they're going to continue to get pounded with targets.
0: Well, speaking of getting pounded, Gardner Minshew finally met his match, losing 30-33 to 33 against the Titans.
1: I don't think he got the message to tank this season. The kid fights hard, though.
0: Yeah, I think I sent that text during the game.
2: Yeah. And then that, that running back, James Robinson, he runs hard, too. So, and D.J. Chark is a really hard physical right. receiver. And then that rookie, right. uh, Laviska Shanout they find ways to get him the ball. So they got all these guys that are playing really hard, and that's not a recipe for tanking. Nope, not at all. So if they want Trevor Lawrence, they're going to have to adjust their attitude.
1: But is, is Min Shaw a, a starter in the league? Is he a true starter?
0: I mean, he had 339 yards, three touchdowns. Granted, he also had two interceptions, but, I mean, is he any worse than Mr. Moneybags himself, Kirk Cousins?
2: I mean, there's a difference between a quarterback that can win games for you and a quarterback that can compile stats. And I think Minshew is a stat compiler. Uh, I need to see him be able to win games when it counts to think that he's a legit NFL quarterback. I, I mean... There's been a lot of quarterbacks over the years that can compile stats. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. He could be a player, but I don't know. It's a pretty
1: wide open spread offense for him. He, he targeted 10 guys uh, this past Sunday. Um, so he's definitely spreading it around. And he's definitely got a fighting experience. I'd say that he, he's a yeah. quarterback. He's going to take you to the promised stand. I mean, I, I think he's a hell of a hell of a hard player but I don't know if you get away from a team that's that's showing that it's pretty damn deep offensively and can compete. Yeah. Um do you, do you just bail out on the season and go for that draft pick or do you invest in what you have offensively and go out and you know get a fourth
2: pick for No. A great no, defensive, no, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> it's Trevor Lawrence. It's Trevor fucking Lawrence. <laughs> no, you do whatever you can to get him. And they've already screwed up by winning one game. Like, come on. 0-16 is the target this year. Like, And they've already, you know, come on. Let the, come on. Already, ru- already ruined the perfect losing season. Yeah. I mean, Miami I still ended up with their guy Tua last year with the fourth overall pick. But, you know, I don't think you want to miss out on Trevor Lawrence.
0: All right. Well, speaking of first-round picks, Kyler Murray took it to the football team 30-15 to 15 in Arizona. Two rushing touchdowns held a game for that young man.
1: You jump on this team. I I would take a safe, distant Super Bowl bet on these guys and put a little money on them. I think they are sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good.
2: Yeah, I, I told you. Their defense, they, they came on strong at the end of the year last year. And Isaiah Simmons was the missing piece. And, you know, the offense with Kingsbury is within DeAndre Hopkins and. They are they are loaded and ready to go. So, yeah, they they're a great team. That over seven and a half was an easy call. Very like, true. That
1: that that was just a great game. They're just loaded offensively, and I, I think this is a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think they want to be recognized. if They're coming out of the gate. They want to play hard,
2: and, and they uh, this, they know that division. You can't you can't sleep for a week in that division. Very true.
0: Uh next up we got the Ravens at the Texans. I think we all knew what was gonna happen here. The Ravens win thirty-three to sixteen.
2: The Texans look like they're lacking. <laughs> I mean what else is new? I right? mean you drafted your I mean you, you gave
1: away let your pre your fucking player, your elite player, just walk away into the previous team we were just talking about, the Cardinals.
2: And I then mean, you go up against a team that doesn't let you run. So you have David Johnson, but, the, you know, the Ravens aren't going to let – they're not going to let him get going, you know, right. because – and so – and then they're going to say – but then they they also bottled up Will Fuller. Fuller had zero catches in that game.
1: Absolutely. And this is going back to me talking about David Johnson, making a joke about him earlier, because he showed a little bit of brands and, and, and got a little praise in week one, but it just went totally fucking – and, you know, he he just just disappeared. I had I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> I had it. I had, I had him for so long in in fantasy leagues, Johnny. I have such a disgust for this guy. I have a little bit of an aching heart for the Texans. I want something in Houston to do well, especially since uh, the other franchise from across this fucking city uh, just kind of just fucking put a stain on the city with how they stole signs in baseball. But I wish the Texans had more. Watson's just going to live and die by that contract down there, and I hope he just at least stays healthy for future trade purposes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, not much else to say. The Ravens are a machine that just keeps on cooking. This Monday night coming up they is going to be uh, the Chiefs at the Ravens. So we're going to get a nice picture early early in the season of what the 2020 landscape looks like as far as pecking order goes in the AFC when you got the, the Chiefs Ravens and then the NFC you got the Saints and the the uh, Packers going at it. So th- there's some good games early in the year.
0: Mhm. Well speaking of the Chiefs, they went into LA the debut of SoFi Stadium.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> what are you <laughs> the Chiefs went into this game sleeping. They were asleep. Yeah. I watched this game, and it was like just as though before the game, Tyrod Taylor had some sort of issue with his chest. I guess he was questionable. Like, come on, Chargers. Like, like It didn't cost me or affect me in fantasy because who the fuck plays Tyrod Taylor? Remember I said that last week? <laughs> who, who, who's playing Tyrod Taylor? Nobody, right? So, anyway, even on a small slate or whatever, I didn't have them, but if I did have them, I'd have been pissed because the Chargers didn't announce until game time that Tyrod was going to be out and that Justin Herbert, the rookie, was going to be starting. And so when they told – Coach Lynn told Justin Herbert, hey, you're going to be starting the game during warm-ups, uh, Herbert was like, "What? are you kidding? And Anthony Lynn's like, no, you're starting. So Herbert even didn't even have a clue. So how many warm-ups do you think he got during the week, like practice throws? None. So but he came out and he looked good, you know, and, and I think poised, as, poised. He looked poised. He, he's tall, six feet six and you know, he's athletic. He ran for a touchdown. Um, I said last week that I thought he was going to be a dud, but I might already need to change my stance on that. Um, that might be one where I was I was wrong. But then again, the Chiefs came into this game sleeping. The Chiefs were asleep for this game. And the only thing that saved them was Butker kicking multiple fifty-eight yard field goals to keep them in the game. That guy's a fucking machine, huh? Oh my god! Even so, no. at the end you of the game in, in, in overtime, they he had to kick fifty-eight yards three times, and he hit it all three times. Well, the first uh, time it was timeouts.
0: First time it was
2: fifty-three yards. Fifty-three, yeah. Sorry, fifty-three. Then was... two fifty-eight. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. When you saw that the Chargers didn't go, so there was a situation in overtime where the Chargers had the ball and then they had the ball fourth and one on their own like 35-yard line. And even the announcers were like, you got to go for it here. What are you doing? You can't give the ball back to the Chiefs. All they need is a field goal to win. It's a tie game. It's fourth and one. You're on your own 35-yard line giving the ball back to the Chiefs and all they need is a field goal. You may as well just say, we forfeit. We're, we volunteer the loss in this game. And after the team fought so fucking hard to keep it close and stay in that game and go for the game, I just think the coach did them a huge disservice – by not going for it. I and mean, even like the stupid announcers are saying, you got to go for it on fourth and one here on your own 35-yard line. Like, wake up. Like, and, and the LA media I don't think is going to be harsh enough on them. But this is something like you can't survive in the NFL like this, especially if like you got a chance at home to take out a division opponent like the Chiefs and get a leg up early on in the season in the division, and you're going to say, oh, no, I trust our defense against fucking Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs' offense, and all they need is a field goal. Like, are you high? Are you insane? (laughs) Or like, What what are you on? Like, I don't care what defense it is. I don't care if it's the 85 fucking Bears. Like, when the Chiefs only need a field goal, they're going to get it. You know what I mean? They're going to get it, and, of course, they go down, and, and they got it. But it just, just says to me like Fucking go for it, Anthony Lynn. Like you you are it's the not, Chargers. You're not the, favorites to win
1: last week. You're like, not
2: favorites to Chargers. win the division. You gotta take chances. You gotta take some chances. It just pisses <laughs> me off. It, and I'm sure it pissed the players off too. They just they just laid down
1: on their stomach and presented themselves to the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, it's here, like, take it. Take it. it. Yeah. Take <laughs> yes, it. Exactly. Take here, have it.
0: Well, speaking of taking it, Russell Wilson took it at home without the twelfth man, thirty-five to thirty over the Patriots. But even in the loss, Cam looked pretty good, hey eh, Johnny?
2: I'm I'm changing. I'm changing. Meaning what? You believe in this team? I'm changing. I'm have going. Have you started hormones? It's weird. I don't really understand what I'm going <laughs> oh through. It's. God. I'm just. We're gonna try to talk. little bit. Let's Do you try have hair to talk it out. new
0: places. Do you have gonna, funny feelings I'm like, in your I'm not stomach? are gonna be nice,
2: right gonna be nice to you
0: right here. Are you well, waking up with sticky pants?
2: I don't know what's going on. I really don't. I'm so confused right now <laughs> because I wanna my, my head says I gotta be rooting for the Bucks. I gotta be rooting for Tom Brady because Tom Brady's my guy, and I want to ride or die with my guy. And but I'm watching these Bucks games and I'm like, this fucking team pisses me off. They're really annoying to watch, and they're stupid. They're a stupid team. And, I don't want to root for this stupid team that I know is only going to let me down because they're stupid. And then I watch the Patriots games, and I'm like, it feels familiar. It feels right. I like Cam Newton, and I was not not invested in this season. And then I'm watching the game Sunday night, and I'm like, oh, I'm enjoying this. I like this. Go Patriots. I want them to win. Like, I'm trying to be like, I don't really care if they win or lose. But then as the game was going on, I'm like, I want them to win. And it was a
1: you you like a sure thing, you like a better win percentage, you're jumping ship because you feel like they're gonna have a better win percentage than the Buccaneers. I can't
2: have both I can't have the
1: Dodgers. Oh Dodgers, you're just you're just a bounce back girl. I gotta lean over to the San Diego Padres now because they're streaming. Listen, I've
2: evolved as a human. I've evolved as a human and I root for players, not laundry. I root for players, not laundry. Okay. So that's evolving. That's evolving.
1: No, you're rooting for laundry. You're rooting for the colors. You don't leave Mookie Betts. You don't leave Tom Brady. You're you're leaving for a win percentage.
2: No, 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 no. I'm following my players that I like. I'm not rooting for the color of a shirt. Mookie
1: Betts having a great year. Why why are you leaving him? Why are you going over to Tatis?
2: I I love Tatis because he he got me last year. I I was on the Tatis bandwagon (laughs) last
1: year. I got, Uh, I got, I got
2: lots of teams. I got lots of teams.
1: That was solely for the spirit of the podcast. I just had to go at you a little bit.
2: No, I get (laughs) it. I get it. I'm, I'm confusing people. I know. I confuse myself. I don't know where I am. Johnny, I'm
1: stuck with the Cowboys through and through, sir.
2: So you need to evolve. Stop rooting for the laundry. (laughs) When they piss you off, say, "I
1: don't like this blue." Even when I was ready to jump ship last year, they had a winning streak, and you're like Marty, get back on the Cowboys ship.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's hard to stay away. But this Cam Patriots thing is exciting.
1: He accounted for like 94 percent of the offensive touches that game, as far as positive yardage. Like they need to. The, I know James White was out. Yeah, still sorry for his family. Yeah. T's and P's. Absolutely. Like, oh, that story is brutal. All that aside, like for your mom to be in critical condition, lose your
2: father, wow. Uh, he was the uh, th- chief of police for the Miami yeah. Dade Police Department too. That is that is. I know we're defunding the police, but still, that's a uh, not an easy job, right?
1: No, not 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 in that county. If you watch like
2: yeah the next forty eight or any, any <laughs>
1: exactly whatever, but um, they they're gonna have their struggles, man. Like, or he's gonna have his struggles. Can you keep a Cam Newton healthy like that? I know. That's a good
2: question. That's a really good question because you're right. Because the last time he was playing like this was in 2018. in the first six games, he, he looked like an MVP candidate playing for Norv Turner in Carolina. And he just got beaten up and he's getting older. He's over 30 now. And yeah. he didn't, he, after six games, he couldn't make it anymore and he got hurt and the, that season sunk and he hadn't been the same until now, but that it's a year and a half later. And I get it. He's playing for that next big contract right now, but he's not going to make it to week nine playing like this. Yeah, that's 55 plays
1: between running and throwing that he was in. Granted, you know, 397, one touchdown, one one uh, interception. He had a great game. I just – the longevity of this, this fairy tale is not going to live very long in my mind. I just
2: think that the Patriots and Belichick are like – all right, we're gonna use you, Cam, and Cam's like, all right, I'm gonna use you to get my next big contract. They're both kind of using each other, but right now it looks like it's working out. I mean, yeah. I know it, it was a loss. I know it was still a loss, and but they look good, and it was it was a fun game. It was fun to root for them. So it was a good heads good
0: moral to, victory
2: well, against a tough opponent. Having the most most
1: receiving yards in his career with 179 that game too. Hell of a game by Edelman.
2: Except he dropped that touchdown at the end that would have won it. That ball went right through his hands. Could the ball have been thrown better? Yes. But Edelman, it went right through Edelman's hands at the, in the end zone. Yeah. So, I mean, Edelman struggles with the drops. He led the league in drops last year with nine. He just It's a thing that he, as good as he is and as much as you like him as a player, the drops are a part of his game. You got to live with true. it. And it's unfortunate. What's your outlook on Metcalf this season? Uh yeah, he looks like a stud. What he looks a like a st- specimen. Yeah, and you know, he made as his back to back reach for Stefan Gilmore, the remaining defensive player of the year, has not looked like a defensive player of the year. He's looked like uh, just another corner named Skippy Jomo. <laughs> Great name. Stefan is gonna have to straighten it up pretty quickly to get back to form because he got a five million dollar bonus going into this year that the Patriots just gave him out of the kindness of their heart, which did, does not happen ever. And so, you know,
0: mm, that was like gonna, a wink and a nudge. Hey, don't uh, don't try and restructure your your deal here. We'll just give you, give you a little spending to. cash.
2: No, I mm. think he was gonna. He was th- thinking of possibly holding out, but he he wasn't gonna because he was still making fourteen. But. Yeah, no, no the, Belich- the Belichick did not need to give him the extra $5 million, and he did it because he wanted to show that he rewards his team when they play well, but even though he really doesn't because he's, <laughs> he screwed Brady over for all those years. Uh, so I-, I don't know. He didn't need to give him the $5 million, He did.
0: All right. Well, uh, let's move into the last game of the week, Monday night. Saints at the Raiders debuting their new stadium.
2: The Death Star. Uh- the Death Star. Like, <laughs> Welcome to the Death Star.
0: I saw a funny meme or whatever where they're like, uh, so I guess the Raiders play in a Roomba now?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's great. That's I good. like that, yeah. Hey, but man. the
0: uh, Derek Carr had, a, had himself a day leading the Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, got to say it, to over the Saints. Three touchdowns, 282 yards. No interceptions.
2: I thought Brandon Flowers and the Killers at halftime were just amazing. You know, Mr. (laughs) Brightside?
0: (laughs) Yep, good one.
2: Coming out Mm -hmm. of my cage and I've been doing just fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Darren Waller looks like a beast, huh?
2: He is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a, I think he's a top three tight end in the league, you know, right up there, be, right behind Kelsey and Kittle. If he can keep
1: his shit together, he'll be right. there for
2: him. Stay off the weed. That's right, buddy. <laughs> Leave it for me.
0: <laughs> okay, so, Marty, you want to give us a quick rundown of what was contested this week and where we stand?
2: Ooh.
1: Uh, I think the first pick last week that I contested was Giants uh, and Chicago. Took that one from Johnny right there. Um, we were looking at Green Bay Lions. Johnny took a hard reach on the Lions. I had Green Bay. Uh, as we know, that was the Jones show. And then uh, we had Jets 49ers. Took 49ers right there. Texans Ravens. I took the Ravens. And Johnny, uh, with the pick of the week in my mind, uh, bigger than the Rams game, um, was uh, taking the Raiders right there, the uh, That's the one I lost. The only one I lost.
0: All right, so Marty, off to a quick four-one lead, uh, but there's a lot of a lot of season left to go—fifteen more weeks. So Johnny, Johnny, you wanna... cash it in, <laughs> cash it in right now, Johnny.
1: You have no
0: chance.
2: <laughs> All right, it's John, just you, you want to? You have no chance.
0: John, you want to take us into week three?
2: Yes, I do. All right, let's kick it off with a uh, game of the week special, Thursday Night Football. We have the Miami Dolphins 0-2 at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1-1 and in the battle for Florida, in the battle for Trevor Lawrence. Nah, Miami's got Tua, so not really sure what this is a battle for, but I know the Jaguars – should be trying to lose, but they're not trying to lose. But the Dolphins are losing, so this should be an ugly, ugly-ass game. Jacksonville is a three-point favorite in this game. What do you do here? I'm going to go Jacksonville minus three. They should be trying to lose, but they're not.
1: Well,
2: I'll touch on that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and if I didn't have to, I wouldn't either. Well, I don't want to invest in
1: it because it means I have to watch it, and I don't want to watch it. It's like gonna be a train wreck. No, yeah, them.
2: do not watch that. That's a bad yeah. game. <laughs> All right, let, let's go into Sunday. The Las Vegas Raiders two and zero at the New England Patriots one and one. Patriots are six and a half point favorites in this game. I like the Las Vegas Raiders plus six and a half. Taking New England right there. I think the, okay.
1: I think the Raiders. I think the Raiders and the young kids party hard after that victory against the Saints. They come in short week. Come back down to yet yeah, short week. Have to come back down to earth.
2: <clears throat> yep, might be right. Next game is the Chicago Bears, two and zero. The fighting Trubisky's go into Atlanta, where the uh, Atlanta Falcons are reeling, and they're zero and two after horrible, horrible. Giveaway loss against the Cowboys last week. Uh, Falcons are minus three and a half in this game. Why? Right.
1: Rice crackers versus apple crumble.
2: Yeah, I'm going uh, Bears plus three and a half in this game, and I like it a lot. Next up, LA Rams back on the East Coast. Two zero. At the 2-0 and Buffalo Bills. Buffalo is minus two in this game. Going Buffalo, minus two.
1: Totally on Buffalo right here. I think this is going to be a great game to watch. Fun to watch. I'm going to tune in for this one for sure.
2: All right, next up we have the uh, Redskins at Cleveland Browns. Redskins are one-on-one. Cleveland Browns one-on-one. Cleveland is the minus. the football team. Yep, I I have this year to call them the Redskins. We worked that out last week, remember?
1: <laughs> I didn't agree to
2: that. <laughs> I did. I think, I think
0: I think we agreed to to keep yelling at you for it.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. So Cleveland minus seven. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Redskins plus seven in this game. Football I'm teams. The Brown, I'm gonna take the Browns. All right. Next up, Tennessee Titans two and zero at the Minnesota Vikings zero and two. Usually the Vikings have a big edge at their, in their home stadium, but no crowd this year or this, this so far this year. So Tennessee goes in minus two and a half. Uh, the Vikings are reeling defensively. I think this is um, kind of a recipe for Henry to run, run, run all day long. So I'm gonna go. Oh man, this is tough. Nah, the Vikings need a win. I saw a stat earlier today that was like over the last 10 years, teams that are 0-2 against the spread cover in week three 75% of the time. It's a hot uh, take. So I want to take Tennessee here, but I, I just remembered seeing that stat, and I'm like, the Vikings need to win this game so bad, so bad or this season could be down the shitter. So I'm going with the desperate team. I'm going with the Vikings plus two and a half here at home.
0: Putting your money on Kirk Cousins. That's uh, smart.
2: I'm, uh,
1: with that said, I'm going to take the Titans because I think if the Vikings actually try to establish a running game, this is going to be a quick game. This is going to be a low-scoring game, and the Titans know how to bully that type of game out and know how to do it well. I I say the Titans win... I'm going to say 17
2: to 10. Yeah. And they're going to take that game. Yeah. No, I I mean, I, I feel that. I yeah. do. I do. All right. Next up, San Francisco. Back at MetLife Stadium again, this time with about half the roster. Did you hear that So they had so many injuries last week, they had to order an MRI bus uh, where, where they were staying in New York? And on crazy. The, and, but the MRI bus broke down on the way. <laughs> to where they were staying. Like, how, wow. how ridiculous is that? Yeah, right, even
0: their treatment has injuries.
2: Yeah, so next up we got the Niners, one-on-one, injured at the Giants, injured two, missing Saquon Barkley, 0-2. Uh, Niners are minus four. That's a tricky one. I'm, I'm going to assume that Jimmy Garoppolo plays. You, I, I'll allow
1: you on a pick right here to split it if he starts and you know that decision by game time.
2: I'm just going to go crazy? Giants plus four. I'm just going to go Giants really? plus four, yeah. Really, Johnny? Yeah. Either way? Yeah. What? Yeah, I even, mean, if,
0: even if he's playing, he's not going to be 100%. Right,
2: exactly. And when okay. – yeah, like, so – and he – like, he just when, – when he's injured, it affects him. Like, I remember watching him in New England when he had that shoulder injury and it, he was not the same player. Um, and then the, you look at the team. They lost their top two running backs – they lost Nick Bosa, who's, like, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. They lost Solomon T- Like, they are injured all over the place. So the Giants are 0-2, another desperate situation here. So, um, you know, I think, you know, obviously if the Niners were the regular Niners healthy or remotely healthy, I would say Niners here. But I'm going to go with the desperate team here. Needs a win. Plus four. Giants.
1: Uh, I. Didn't even want to
2: touch this. No, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a tough
2: one. Stay away, Marty.
1: No, I want to, but there's, lo- there's plenty of games left. I got two more picks.
2: Yeah, there's good games coming too. Yeah. Um, and so the next up we have Cincinnati. Oh, man, this is a tough one too. So we got Cincinnati and Joe Burrow 0-2 at the Philadelphia Eagles, also 0-2. Philadelphia is minus six. Uh, they seem to not like each other, not like Carson Wentz at least. Um, and Joe Burrow said he's sick of losing already. So I'm going to go Cincinnati plus six here.
1: Well, this is a team that likes its home field crowd, and they're going to have that there. So yeah. I think this is a huge opportunity for the Bengals to take a victory right here.
2: At least cover, right? I mean, they can at least, you know. I mean, they even, can cover easily. Even when Philly wins, I feel like they're close games, so. Yeah, I like the Bengals. Yeah, plus, they, they got an extra couple of days last week because they had the Thursday night game, so they'll have had about 10 days to prepare for this game. So, yeah, I, I feel good about that. All right, next up, we have the Houston Texans, who are 0-2 at Nesto's Steelers, who are 2-0. and uh, Pittsburgh is minus four here, only minus four. What up with that, Nesto? Why are they only minus four here?
0: Um, I don't know.
2: Is there something we're missing?
0: <laughs> I would have thought something
2: I'd, we're I, not seeing.
0: I hadn't seen the lines yet. I would have thought they would have been at six least six or seven. Uh, right, minus six, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm going Steelers, and I like it a lot. I like it a lot. This is a hammer time pick. Okay. Well, like you do a hammer sounds. down on that one? Yeah, it's a max play. All
1: right.
2: Max play. <laughs> max play.
1: Max max max, max play play. Yeah.
2: All right, next up we have the 0 2 New York Jets at the Indianapolis Colts, one on one. Colts are minus 10 and a half. This is, uh, seems to be a, a battle now of how high can the Vegas Sportsbooks make the spread on a weekly basis? And I think they got to keep going because 10 and a half is still not enough. I'm going to go Indy minus 10 and a half.
1: I'm showing 11
2: on the CBS Sportsbook. I'll go in D minus eleven. Really? I don't, the Jets seem to be like I don't know. They, oh, the comment that I heard on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football was from Jamal Adams, and he was saying that there's something wrong with the culture in the, in the Jets, and they don't they don't value winning. It was something like to that effect. They don't they. Didn't, Winning isn't one of their core values, and so at that that hit, like hearing something like that, I was like, oh jeez. And Jamal Adams isn't like a a you know winning type player. He's kind of a a knucklehead, to be honest with you. So if you hear that from someone like him, yeah. it, I'm like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So they don't even care to win. Makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, Colts. It is. Next up, we have the Carolina Panthers, 0 2 at the LA Chargers. Um, proving that coach Lynn is one of the more stupid coaches in the league. Uh, (laughs) After Justin Herbert, the rookie had a great game against the defending champion chiefs on Sunday, he said that if, if and when Tyrod Taylor is healthy and ready to play quarterback, he will be back in no matter what Justin Herbert does or has done. Like this guy is just beyond stupid. Like, I mean,
0: I think I think what they're doing there is is trying to, um, you know, he's standing by his guy. His guy is Tyrod Taylor for now. Well, hold on. Hear me out. And doesn't want to send him out in the same fashion that he got sent out of Cleveland. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for ushering in the new guy. See you later. And Tyrod knows what his role is on the team. It, it is to mentor this young guy. This guy is the future. Tyrod knows very well that he is not the future. But I, I, I this felt more like a PR move, not wanting to uh, hang this guy out to giants and say that we're going with the new guy um, just on the basis of, of, of one uh you know his his first game starting.
1: I don't think I I don't think that's it in my mind in what I believe in is this kid outperformed Tyrod Taylor even in practices early on before the season from what I read and the fact is Tyrod Taylor Tyrod Taylor is a great like camp quarterback. He shows yeah. up early. He he leads a team you saw that on hard knocks. Uh, teams talk about him. He is a hard-nosed kid. He wants to learn the game. He wants to be a part of the game. He's accepted in his role. But his thing is, we have a kid coming in. Same thing with Baker Mayfield. The same speech happened for him. We got a kid coming in. He's to show up early. He needs to learn the game book. And I don't. If, I think if you put Tyrod Taylor back in, your weapons for the Chargers is now. You got you got to attack now. You got to take it when you have it and you got a better chance with this rookie than you do with Tyrod Taylor in my mind. Yeah,
2: I mean cuz they got a talented mm-hmm. roster. Super talented.
1: They're a great, that's a great defense, that's a good offense. Yeah. And if you can get that kid in rhythm with his height like you talk about Johnny, he looked poised like you said Nestor, Yeah. Like, and they have a, a good running good. game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That and rookie has, Josh Kelly running the ball hard to he, go with Austin yeah. Eckler.
1: Absolutely. And he this quarterback, this young kid has a chip on his shoulder, too, because he thought he should have been higher up in the draft, should have been in the talk with the big quarterbacks when they're coming out of that league. It was it was the it was a poor Pac-10. It was a bad division for him that year. But he was awesome in that Ducks uniform. He did great.
2: All right. Uh, so, yeah, with all that said, I'm going to go with the desperate, the more desperate team here. I'm going to go uh, Panthers plus seven. I don't like it, but oh, I'm going to go with the math.
1: Well, I just Tatiste all over this kid's schlong, so I'm going to go with
2: the Chargers right here. But is it going to be Herbert or is it going to be Tyrod? It's going to be Herbert. I'm trusting it. I built him okay. up. All right.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe they get around this by just not playing, taking Tyrod off of uh, the injured reserve.
2: All right, next up, we have the 0-2 Detroit Lions at our new favorite team, the Arizona Cardinals, 2-0. Arizona is minus 5.5. Jeez, I, I like oh. my Cardinals. I, I'm going to go Arizona, Arizona minus
1: 5.5. I actually thought
2: this would be your hammer of the week. I love Arizona.
1: I, don't, I, I, I have no faith in the Lions in this game. I'm a big believer in the Cardinals. I think they take it as well.
0: The Lions right. stink.
2: Next up is the uh, Dallas Cowboys, 1-1 one and one at Seattle, 2-0, no 12th man. The 12th man is capped at 70,000 70, decibels, so it's a hushed 12th man. <laughs> and the spread on this game is Seattle minus 5. Uh, Seattle plays close games. I'm going to go Cowboys plus 5 here, Dallas plus 5.
1: oh I like it I like that pick I think if you and they play a,
2: Seattle well they've always played Seattle they've always, they've always played 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 Seattle
1: more. well. and what the Patriots shows you can score on this team yeah they have, yeah. They have a lot of weapons I think it I, I think at least covers I don't does, does Dallas win this game outright no but I go think over least, but I think yeah exactly. oh absolutely go over.
2: oh it's 54 and a half so it's already high but yeah I, yeah I think it's gonna's gonna, Ooh, it's, look it's gonna like, take that. 35 32 type
1: game. What would be your cutoff line on the over if it keeps going up? Um
2: 57 would be the max. I
1: was gonna say 58, but yeah. You're the expert. 57 folks.
2: Uh so next up we have uh Sunday night no, sorry. Next up we have Tampa Bay Buccaneers one on one at Denver Broncos minus Drew Locke. Minus Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and a host of other guys, Cortland Sutton. Uh, So the beaten up Broncos, 0-2. We have the Buccaneers, minus 6.5. One thing I know as a Tom Brady stand for all these years is that Tom Brady has always struggled in the elevation of Mile High Stadium. And the Buccaneers, I don't know who people think they are to be getting these big point spreads, but... uh, yeah, I'm going to go Denver plus six and a half here. Even with all the in- injuries, I just – you know, they're desperate. Denver needs a win. I don't think that they're a terrible team. I think that they lost a tough Monday night game opening week to Tennessee at home, a game they could have won. And then last week they had a tough, tough game that they played at Pittsburgh. So they've had two tough opponents to start the year. Uh, I know the Brady's tough, tough games in mile high um, – and Denver's desperate here, so yeah, I think yeah. Tampa wins. I just don't think they cover. I'm taking I'm
1: taking Tampa right here. This is my my last and fifth pick. Okay. I just think I think Brady controls the offense right there. I I think with the injuries they they dictate t- the game, uh, possession time. I just think uh, Tampa Bay wins. <laughs> I, I would even go as far as saying six and a half.
2: Uh, yeah, and Godwin um, should be back this week too. So that any hit boost.
1: Yeah, and a lot better week uh, than the first week with Evans. Evans over uh, eight targets, seven catches, I believe last week but for over a hundred yards.
2: Yep. All right, moving to Sunday night football. These are the two big games. So we have the Packers two and zero at the New Orleans Saints one and one. New Orleans Saints are minus three and a half here. Um, I'm gonna. You know, I, I'm not sure if Michael Thomas is playing. I, I think he probably will play, maybe in limited capacity. But Drew Brees looks like a shell of his former former self. Um, and I He lost Pack- his fastball. And I think that the Packers, the Aaron Rodgers, have something cooking here. I love this play. Max play, Max play, Max play. Green Bay Max Packers. play, play, play. Plus three and a half. Excellent. All right. Moving on to Monday night. We have the next big game. We have the Baltimore... No, the Kansas City Chiefs, 2-0, going to Baltimore Ravens, 2-0. And the Ravens are minus three-and-a-half point favorites in this game. So you're telling me that on Monday Night Football, I can have the defending champs and Patrick Mahomes, who I don't like, but you could telling me that I can get him as a plus three-and-a-half point underdog in any game? Take it. Max play, max play, max play. (laughs) So we got three max plays this week. And we're going big on the prime team games. We got Green Bay plus three and a half. We got the Chiefs plus three and a half. And that goes with Pittsburgh minus four. So you got three big, big money games this weekend coming up.
0: All right. Sounds great. You heard it here first. Go ahead and bother Johnny on uh twitter at green Mountain grinder green mt grinder um he he's given direct refunds for all gambling <laughs> uh losses. he's got enough to go around just well, just just dm him
1: judging judging by that chair he's sitting in he can afford it
0: <laughs> <laughs> the throne
2: the, the gamer throne
0: all right, boys. Well, so much for uh, making this a quick one, as usual. Once we get going, it, it just feels so good. It's hard to stop.
1: Mm-hmm. Under promise, over deliver.
0: <laughs> From all of us to all of you, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
2: Take go! Take vote. care.